Megillat Estelle, the story of the deliverance of the Jews on Purim, is told in the scroll of Esther. Megillat Estelle is a book of the Bible in the section Ketuvim and has the holiness of the Torah. As we know, the Torah consists of the light of the Torah and of the vessels for this light. These are called the garments of the Torah and are spoken of as Pshat, Remez, Drash and Sod. Pshat is the literal reading of the Torah, but in many ways it turns out to be the most abstruse. The great Geon of Vilna called the literal reading of the Torah to be the most abstract. The Sod is the most intimate aspect of the Torah and deals with hidden intentions. But it, the Sod gives us an idea of what's really happening. Until our generation, in which we've been blessed with the teachings of Rabbi Hudeleib Ashlag, the Sod, or the Kabbalah, was not generally known. Appreciating the inner meanings and intentions behind the events described may radically change for us our understanding of the Torah. For myself, I have to say that since I've learnt some of the inner meanings of the Megillat Esther, as taught by Rabbi Ashlag, my understanding and appreciation of the festival of Purim has undergone a dramatic change. I can now truly say with a whole heart that I genuinely enjoy Purim and look forward to the festival. In the year 1948, at the Su'udat Purim, which is the festive meal that we make on Purim, Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag gave an oral discourse in which he taught some of the underlying motives revealed by the text itself. This was recorded by his son Rabbi Baruch Shalom Ashlag and published in the book Shamati. Rabbi Ashlag starts off with a consideration of the words from the book of Esther chapter 3 verse 1. And it came to pass after these matters the king raised up Haman. Now, if we look at the literal reading of the text, this refers to King Ahasuerus, who promoted Haman, the wicked descendant of the Amalekites, who vowed to destroy every Jewish man, woman and child. But in the Sod, in the inner meaning of the text, we find that the word king refers, in fact, to the king of kings, the Holy One, blessed be he. And the fact that he promotes Haman means that he's raising up the importance of the vessels of receiving, which are the original vessels of the purpose of creation, but which cannot be used without rectification. For if we do so, we become separated from the Creator. These original vessels of receiving, if unchecked, give rise to the unrestrained ego and all the framework of uncleanness that it gives rise to in the world. Why did God raise up these vessels? Why did he increase their importance at this time? The words in the Megillah itself say, And it came to pass after these matters. Which matters? Let's go back a little bit in the book of Esther and begin from chapter 2, verse 21. 
In those days, while Mordechai sat at the king's gate, Big Tan and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains from the threshold guards, became angry and planned to assassinate King Hasuerus. The matter became known to Mordechai and even informed Queen Esther. Esther then told the king of it in Mordechai's name. The matter was investigated and found to be true and the two were hanged on the gallows. It was then recorded in the Book of Chronicles before the king. In the Megillah, we learn that Mordechai the Jew had been exiled to Babylon with Yochaniah the king of Judah, and according to the Midrash, he was a member of the Sanhedrin and had knowledge of 70 languages. Thus, he was able to understand Big Tan and Teresh, who thought they would not be overheard, and was able to save the king's life. Logic demands that the king would be grateful and show his gratitude to Mordechai. But the Megillah Esther informs us that contrary to our rationale, the king promoted Haman. This is according to the Pshat, the literal reading of the text. In order to understand their inner meaning, according to the Sod, we need to understand the essence of Mordechai and the essence of Haman. Mordechai is called Mordechai the Jew. The way of the Jew is the way of faith. The essence of the Jew is the essence of the soul, for giving is greater than receiving. Giving to God and to one's fellow man is greater than receiving. Thus the sword is telling us that Mordechai is represented within us by the aspect of the soul and its expression, the part of us that is connected with God. Whereas the way of Haman is the way of the ego. Haman wants to take even the light of God for himself alone. So we find this aspect of the story also represented within ourselves as our will to receive oneself alone, also called the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. These vessels of ours only want to receive. Indeed, the Haman within us maintains that God created the world for our pleasure. So why should we just not stretch out our hands and take? These two views are juxtaposed right at the beginning of the Megillah. This is what it says. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. He was the Ahasuerus who reigned from Hodu to Cush, 127 provinces. In those days, when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan the capital, in the third year of his reign, he made a banquet for all his princes and his servants, the army of Persia and Media, the nobles and the princes of the provinces before him. When he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, yes, 180 days. And when these days were over, the king made for all the people present in Shushan the capital, for everyone, both great and small, a banquet for seven days in the court of the garden of the king's orchard. There were spreads of white, fine cotton and blue, embroidered with cords of linen and purple, 
on silver rods and marble columns, couches of gold and silver, on a pavement of green, white, shell, and onyx marble. And they gave them to drink in golden vessels, and the vessels differed from one another, and royal wine was plentiful according to the bounty of the king. And the drinking was according to the law, with no coercing, for so had the king ordained upon every steward of his house to do according to every man's wish. In these verses, we actually learn the essence of the festival of Purim. The festival of Purim is a time when the light of redemption is present. The light which God wants to give us according to the purpose of creation. But how are we going to receive this great light? The choice is given in this last verse that we read. And the drinking was according to the law, with no coercing. For so had the king ordained upon every steward of his house to do according to every man's wish. The drink, shtia, is wine and has the inner meaning of the light of Chochmah. This is the light that God wants to give us according to the purpose of creation. But we may receive it in two ways. Kurtzon ish ve'ish. The Gemara teaches that these two ways are according to the way of Mordechai, the Jew, or according to the way of Haman. We learn in our tradition that whenever the term king is brought in the Megillah without specifically dating the name Ahasuerus, indeed the Megillah is actually referring to the supreme king of kings, the Holy One, blessed be he. So we can see that this was a time in which God wants to give his great light to the Jewish people and there is free choice given in the way to receive it. Why was this great light present? The story of Mordechai and Esther and the deliverance of the Jews took place when the time had come for the rebuilding of the second temple. We are in an equivalent time now. We are at the time when the redemption is very close to us. And again, we are being asked to choose. How are we going to receive this great light of redemption? Are we going to receive it according to the way of Mordechai, the way of the soul, or according to the way of the ego, the way of Haman. We learn from the story of the Megillah that when the Jews of that generation started to receive that light, although initially at the beginning when they received it, it was with their free choice, they became addicted to it and followed the way of Haman. Indeed, the sages in the Talmud teach that the Jews of that generation were sentenced to extermination because they enjoyed the banquet of that wicked man. 
even though the light of God was initially present without coercion, they became compelled by their own receiving. They became addicted to it and thus nullified the way of Mordechai, which is the way of giving. Compelled by their own desire to receive, they themselves condemned the way of Torah to extinction. In the Megillah, we learn that Mordechai would sit at the gateway to the king's palace. The king's palace, in the inner meaning, is the consciousness of the tzaddik. Before we reach the stage of the tzaddik, we are outside the king's palace. God is hidden from us. But inside the king's palace, God's light is clearly revealed to the tzaddik. Mordechai is at the gateway of the consciousness of the revelation of God. And here he does a great work, as described in the Megillat Esther, in uncovering the plot of Bigtan and Teresh. Here is the exact Hebrew text. In those days, Mordechai was sitting by the gate of the king when Bigtan and Teresh the servants who guard the threshold stretched out a hand against the king Ahasuerus. In Hebrew, the phrase stretching out a hand means trying to take something which it does not belong to you. In the language of the Kabbalah, the hand is a vessel and within ourselves there are elements which, not content with receiving the material world for ourselves, stretch out to try and receive even the light of God for ourselves alone. It is true that for most of us who are outside the king's palace, yearning towards the light of God is a positive thing. After all, most of the world is occupied only in the consciousness of the physical material world, and longing for God's light seems to us to be the most worthwhile thing we can do, and its fulfilment and ultimate fulfilment. But Mordechai the Jew discovered that when he looked inside himself, he found that to stretch out one's hand even to the light of God through his vessels of receiving constituted separation from God. This was not at all an easy clarification to discern. The scripture says, Yevukash the matter was sought after and found out. Rabbi Avraham Mordechai Gottlieb, the student of Rabbi Baruch Shalom Ashlag, when commenting on this verse, states that in fact it took Mordechai many experiences in which he receives the light of God and then discovers for himself how this actual receiving separates him from God. When he found this out, he himself let go of these desires for the light of God. And this is the inner meaning of, and they hanged the two of them on the tree. That is, he removed these desires for himself completely. From this learning of the Megillah, we learn a very important teaching, that when the light of the revelation of God is present in our stage of consciousness, we have three options in how to receive it. If we stretch out our hands to take, this is the way of Haman. 
This type of receiving dooms us to separation from God and to spiritual death. A second option is the way of Mordechai. We can choose to let go of receiving and remain only with giving. Giving even in the presence of the light of God. Mordechai discovers that giving in this circumstance has an additional bonus because it enhances all the giving that we have ever done. Normally, when we give to God in faith, we have to compel ourselves to do so. The reason for this is we are outside the king's palace and in our present situation, when the light of God is concealed from us, our only way to connect with God is through faith. Faith that God is good and does good no matter what it looks like, no matter what the news says, no matter what we're going through, and no matter how we wish things were different. This faith implies that we behave and speak in the belief that God is good and does good, and everything is unfolding in the very best possible way for humanity, even when in the eyes of our logic and rationale we cannot see it. Such belief is hard for us to choose, yet we have to keep choosing it again and again. But imagine if the light of God was actually revealed to us and is present in our consciousness. There would be, in fact, be a free choice in this situation. When we choose to continue to give in faith in this situation, we prove that by choosing to give in faith, when the God's light is present in the stage, we prove that all our faith is a true free choice, a true wish to give to God, and that our faith, even in when God is in, concealed from us and we are in a time of darkness, was not just a default choice, which we would rather give up the moment something better comes along, but it is in fact our truest will. Such giving enhances and beautifies all the times of giving which we did in the time of our darkness and elevates them to giving in love and freedom. This way of giving, of remaining in the consciousness of giving, is written in the Megillah when Mordechai says to Esther, if you do not go to the king, then you should know that Deliverance will come to us in another way. Esther the Queen is the essence of the Malchut and has the capacity of the third way of receiving, which is receiving that which God wants to give us only for the sake of fulfilling his will that we should receive, only for the sake of giving pleasure to God in our receiving. This means that we only receive according to that which God wants us to receive and no more. We do not stretch out our hands to take. To reach this stage, we first have to let go of all our desires to receive for ourselves alone and we are not compelled by them. We let go of our Haman. Then we come to the decun of creation, the rectification of the creation the stage in which we only give for the sake of giving. And this is the stage that Mordechai came to. When we do not relate to the order Chochmah, even when it is present, 
only from the aspect that it enhances our giving as a free choice. Or, at the final redemption, we may receive in the way of Esther, Esther the Queen, when she went to the king's palace, when it is God's will that we do so, when we receive all that God wants to give us to fulfill the purpose of creation for the sake of his great name, in that day he will be one and his name one. Thus we see that the story of the Megillah of Esther is a story of the energy and essence of the final redemption. And indeed, the sages teach this in their enigmatic way, that at the time of the final redemption, all the festivals will be nullified, except for Purim. What this means is, is that the essence of the story of Purim and the essence of the final redemption is one and the same thing. The story of Purim is unfolding again in our time before our very eyes. Again, the Jewish people are threatened with annihilation. Again, we need to look and see why this is happening. And like the Jews of Persia, who united and fasted and prayed and repented and took again upon themselves the way of Torah in free will, we also need to see what three choices are available to us, what choices there are for receiving the great light of God that is surely approaching in the final redemption and again to turn back to the way of Mordechai, to remain with our giving, to remain helping each other and giving to God in faith. And may our eyes see the Redeemer come unto Zion and may God's will be fulfilled for good. Amen. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Hudelev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Horus School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.